Podcaster. This is Mark Fierbacher from Universal Imports here with another Grease and Glamour podcast, episode eight. And today is a special one because we have a special guest. We have Chief Samuel Farina from the Fairport Police Department with us. And of course, as always, we have the lovely Aaron Kane. Hello, everyone. And the lovely Jay Lawrence. Hello. How is it going? <laughs> and, um, so, uh, real quick before we get into this uh, this episode, where we're going to be talking about uh, safety on the road. It's uh, getting to be holiday time. Uh, going to be a lot of traveling, family travel, people going to parties, wondering how much can you get away with drinking before you drive home. And uh, before we get into that, though, let me just tell you a little bit about Grease and Glamour. Uh, this is a podcast that we started about two months ago. And we are on episode eight. This is brought to you by Universal Imports of Rochester. We are an import car specialist here in Rochester. We've been servicing the Rochester community for all their service and sales needs for uh, pre-owned import automobiles for over 35 years. And um, now we just thought we'd want to cover all mediums and go into podcasting because that's where the future is. It's in podcasting. That and the Google in the Google <laughs> and Big Brother and everything else. So um, with that, uh, I'd like to uh, start this off by saying thank you, Chief, for coming in and joining us today. Well, thanks, Mark, for having me. It's it's an honor to be here, and congratulations on this being your eighth podcast, and I look forward yeah, to... I can't uh, believe it either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's been that tough, huh? Yeah, right. well, I'm just amazed that people actually still keep listening to us. <laughs> You know, but hey, we're glad. Well, we're assuming they're listening, but we we are, are we see our downloads building up every oh, okay, uh, good. every week. We're um, we have over two hundred and twenty five downloads as of now, and not bad for our eighth episode. And um, so uh, I know the chief here because we are uh, fellow Rotarians in the Fairport uh, Rotary, and uh, I thought it would be great to call him in because you know. I know I have a lot of questions when it comes to, and Erin brought a good one up yesterday, and she said, do you think I could ask the chief if when when a police officer is parked on the side of the road, and uh, are they really watching my speed, or are they doing paperwork, or what? And I said, well, that's a good question you could probably <laughs> ask. Well, we're, we're really hoping that you're going to stop by and give us a cup of coffee, oh, okay. but right. we don't get many people that do that, so maybe you could start the trend. I will, I will. All right, will. great. <laughs> um, so having to have... Dunkin' coffee with you. <laughs> I know. I have Dunkin' all the time, so... <laughs> Always have one, but you have to do it. You, it can't be bribed. It's got to no. be a, a gift Yeah, Dunkin' yeah. coffee. Well, technically, it can't be a gift either. But it could be, <laughs> I found this on the side of the road, and I yeah, wanted to give it to you. Just set it down yeah, on the I corner. Did, and I didn't want to get a ticket for littering, so <laughs> I was wondering if you might want to take care of it for sure, me. Sure, sure. So what are you seeing this... Um, you know, this time of year, what you guys must be ramping up for the holidays and there must be some sort of protocols that all your officers are watching out for and that kind of thing. Yeah, this is the season certainly where people want to start celebrating the holidays, right? And most of it is getting together socially and having a few drinks. Uh, one of the biggest days of uh, the season for us is that, that Wednesday before Thanksgiving when all the college students come home mm -hmm. and they like to right. get together and celebrate which is also our most concerning uh, time of the year because of the excessive drinking that comes with that. So we're going to be out in force starting the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and continuing through uh, Christmas just to watch people to make sure that they're not out there uh, drinking and driving because 
yeah, the road conditions are starting to get poor uh, with the ice and the snow, and then distracted driving is alive and well out there. Uh, oh, people yeah. like to use their cell phones while they're driving. Uh, so you throw that into the mix with uh, the drinking. And so that that's a recipe for concern for us. Now, if if someone were driving, if so if a police officer saw someone texting and driving, let's say, is that uh, a ticketable offense? Yes, it is. Yeah, you cannot text uh, while you're driving, and you can't talk on your phone without with while driving. Okay. So there, that is a ticketable offense. Uh, distracted driving is one of our number one causes for accidents here, uh, locally and across the country, for that for that matter. Uh, but we are looking specifically for that uh, because that is as an accident reduction <clears throat> effort on our part. It's. I just had a customer in here this morning that uh, we were talking about potentially getting a vehicle for his son and uh one of the things that came up is well we don't need a lot of don't need a lot of bells and whistles i mean we, we're really focusing on getting a car that's safe uh you know good in the bad weather and it doesn't have to have all these features that these cars come with now uh and one of the things that sort of popped into my head was in a way sometimes these these options that seem kind of you know unimportant so like like bluetooth audio for example so bluetooth for your phone is good Uh, i mean it helps it's still distracted driving but potentially slightly less distracted driving bluetooth audio is for your listening to your music listening to the grease and glamour podcast or anything else but what what i said to the customer was well you know one thing i thought about with my son when we when he got his car he had Bluetooth audio. And one thing I like is that he will actually, in the house, put on the music that he's going to listen to. And when he goes into the car, as soon as the car sees the Bluetooth, it's locked in and his music's already playing. So I've stressed to my son, set up, like if you're going to go drive, you're driving out to Henrietta or something, set up a playlist. So, so you, you're not going to go, oh, I want to listen to this song now. I listen. Mm-hmm. Just set something up, set it and forget it. And so that's one of those features that, in a way, you, you go, well, that's you know, not an important feature. It's not a safety feature, but it can be used as one. Listen, this is a, I found this, and I think this pertains to it. 64% of all vehicle accidents in the United States each year are caused from cell phone usage from behind the wheel. That's 1.6 million accidents because people are distracted just with the phone. And like you said... Well, Most of those Bluetooth. are probably droid users. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I got the next one here. It's all iPhone. <laughs> all iPhone. <laughs> wow. Um, but, you know, you, you think about it, even smart cars. They got the screen. Well, now watch any commercial and you'll see they got eight different things that you can pick from. Well, I don't care how you're picking. You still have to look at that screen. Mm-hmm. It's distracted. And uh, <laughs> we were talking earlier about in my lifetime, seeing people do things distracted driving, I've seen people shave, get changed, tie ties, read newspapers mm-hmm. on the expressway. I've seen like, that too. Uh, reading newspapers is is big on the expressway. But the the thing to be concerned about is when you're looking down just for a few seconds at your cell phone and you're traveling 55 miles an hour, you need know, to cover three football fields in those two three seconds. So just imagine by looking down yeah. that that distance. And trying to figure out, you know, what what could I possibly hit? Uh, it's just it's just incredible if you look at it from that perspective. And, and then you add bad weather, mm-hmm. and then you add drinking on top of it. 
Right. Potentially. Then you look at stuff like I, I, I never news. drink, drive, and text at the same time. I'm just <laughs> I, I never just, do any that's of those. the trifecta right there. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, you know, like the, the news story last night was a tow truck driver, Icy Road. Yep. And, yeah. and doing his job, he got, he got clipped. And I always go, was somebody on the phone? Was yeah. somebody, you know, because, because <clears throat> I, they'll always say, well, it's the Icy Roads. Well, I'm, I, I think that they're making strides, uh, to help, uh, that distracted driving with phones because like my phone now and probably all phones do it, it my phone recognizes when I'm moving faster than I don't know five miles an hour or something and then it it right away switches to where if someone calls me sorry I can't answer the phone right now I'm driving if someone texts me sorry I'm driving I'll get back to you as soon as I can do you have that Aaron <clears throat> and I, then I don't even know it I don't but I don't even touch my phone at all or anything like that but you can see too i mean you can tell people driving on the roads too you know you're just driving straight and all of a sudden they're in and out and and i think that's so dangerous too because they're trying to overcorrect. and i've seen it on the thruway where it's like you're just like in shock because you can't believe would you say that's why a lot of officers stop people is because they they watch the erratic driving as opposed to being able to see what they're doing in the car right absolutely and and it's usually the erratic driving is indication of you know alcohol uh and most of the time it does turn out to be you know, people using their cell phones overcorrecting not maintaining the lane mm-hmm. but if you look at some of just go to youtube and just look at some of the videos people just pull up you know distracted driving with cell phones and just watch the erratic behavior somebody you can tell is using their cell phone and how they're drifting from lane to lane and just how dangerous it can be it really you know at&t has a right when it says it can wait Mm-hmm. which is a, yeah. a oh, slogan that is, is really, you know, it's kind of corny in a way, but in, but in another way, it, it's really powerful in that it really can wait. Right. You know, who wants to have an accident over, you know, um, ordering a pizza or saying, yeah. you know, yeah. LOL to a friend on a cell phone? Um, it's just, it just doesn't seem to, to jive. Which brings up another point. So not just for the driver, but for, say, let's say the, in this case, I'll just say the parent. If a parent uh, knows their kid is out driving, don't text them because now yeah. you're you're giving you're actually like putting something in front of them where like I know my kids right away. Oh, if I don't text mom and dad back, they're going to be like, why didn't you text me back? So they might then be compelled to text while they're driving mm-hmm. if they get into an accident. And that was the text. You know, that that would be yeah, really we tell them once you're safe, once you're in the apartment, <clears> once you're home. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you kind of have to think about that. Like we 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 sort of do. If if the kids go out, we're like, okay, you think they're at their destination? Now we'll text. But if we think it's within fifteen twenty minutes of them leaving the house, they might still be in the car driving. You know, and and I think that because obviously right now cell phone it's mass usage. When we first started, when I first started, I had the brick phone. You know, oh, yeah. and there was probably only 20 of us in Rochester that had a phone. So we right. weren't really causing that many accidents because it was just us. It, took, it was distracting because you had to use two hands to hold it up to actually talk on it. But now, I mean, cell phones. Um, I saw somebody playing a, um, a video game. Come on. Driving. Yep, just the other day. And what was funny is because I'm like, listen, I, know I was this on is level 40. 14 of Gallagher. <laughs> Come on, give me a <laughs> I go, listen, it's 45. Okay, I, I really don't mind you going 45, but 25 in swerving, now I'm getting a little angry here. Yeah. And then I go by, when I finally get into the two lane, I go by. Literally, you can see him. Yeah, it's like, crazy. Well, he played Fortnite. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, and they don't even care. Yeah. Absolutely my biggest I, pet peeve. 
Um, if someone is going out drinking, uh, I would have to assume that some of these these bars, restaurants. I mean, they do they assume some responsibility if someone's left there drinking too much? Absolutely. Uh, their insurance is is very high because of that third party liability that comes into play. That's why, you know, we tell folks, if, if you're at a point where you, let's say you've had too much to drink, if you simply go to the bartender or the owner of that particular bar or restaurant and tell them that, they will instantly get you a ride home because it's more valuable for them yeah. to ensure you get home right. safely than for you to get in an accident. Uh, because what's going to happen, that's going to create an investigation. If someone's hurt as a result of leaving a bar or an establishment, uh, it's going to lead us back to that location. Right. And ultimately, it's going to be a referral to uh, the state liquor authority. Yep. So they run the risk of losing their license, being sued civilly. That's, that's, so there's a lot that comes with it. So there's a lot of responsibility borne on the restaurant and bar. Uh, but it's still accountability for the person that's sure. right. that's drinking. Right. The, I mean, there it is so easy now, and I, it's inexcusable not to have a defense saying, I had to drive home with Uber and Lyft now. It, it is, thank <clears throat> God for it, because it's one of the best things the law enforcement yep. that I've seen so yep. far. Uh, for six, seven dollars, you can get home. Where in the past, you had to wait for a cab and you got frustrated with it. Now you instantly get home. It's cheap, and there's no excuse uh, whatsoever to say that you had to drive and drink. I was just home. at I was just at a restaurant the other night. And I was talking to the owner, and he said on New Year's Eve and on a couple of the bigger holidays, he'll actually employ a couple Uber or Lyft drivers to just constantly be taking people idea. from yeah. his establishment and home. And I'm like, wow, what a if you own a, a place, what a great marketing. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like a, a limo service. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just perfect. And there's other, <clears throat> I don't know what, besides, you know, Uber and, and Lyft, but there's other ones too, which will, they'll have two people, right? And then one person will actually drive your, your car home to you. Oh. And the other person will follow them. There's a so. thing with Uber and Lyft right now. I just saw on the news yesterday morning was... Um, the children uh, being put into Ubers and Lyfts. So I guess in California, it, it's the thing where they're testing it to. Yeah. So I guess it was. I guess it was a thing where parents would have an Uber come pick up their kid from school or something and bring them home. And we're not talking about like a seventeen-year-old kid. We're talking yeah. about like eight, nine-year-old kids. Wow. And there were, you know, I mean, they're not vetting these Uber drivers like yeah. they would a, a, a police officer or something like that. So, uh, kids were getting kidnapped, and uh, and you know, there were there were child abuse things and all kinds of things going on. So now there's laws that are they're looking to pass that, um, and there's services. So. Like an Uber or Lyft, where yeah, what the name where they where they vet these people, uh, they're either their nannies or they're people that have been in the child uh, development business or something like mm-hmm. that, and and they have those services that can pick kids up. But I would never in my right, I would never. You know what? Ever... I'm going to be honest. I'm pretty sure I still wouldn't use vetted or not. I, <clears throat> no. I, it's like people no. say, oh, we got you know, uh, you know. Gun control, and and you know what? We're going to take away all the the legal guns and do all this. Oh, listen, the bad people are still finding the guns. That it's a so yeah. the bad people are still getting vetted and doing stuff. You got to sure. be it's... ever so vigilant now. It's just unbelievable. Are you seeing an uptick uh, at all in like just you know when you you've been in this business a long time? In fact, I should mention that Chief Farina was also a special agent FB, FBI agent right back in the 
Yeah, don't I hold, don't know. I won't give you dates. Don't, or don't hold that against me. But yes, <laughs> I was. Yeah. So I mean, do you see? Is it worse now than it ever was? Is it business as usual? It's just there's so much more. There's so there's so many more media outlets for us to see it, or you know. Uh, actually, crime has been declining steadily over the past 20, 30 years. Okay. Uh, the problem is the uh, the amount of social media and news, real-time news. Just seeing It's just everything. you're exposed to so much more that yeah. you have never would have been exposed to before. Right. You know, back in the days when you get the newspaper, it was already a day old news. Right. Now um, people are getting news almost real-time. And it's yeah. not always good news. Right. It's always the, the bad news. And it's that's also got to probably make your job harder sometimes, too. Oh, yes. <laughs> it, it complicates it uh, dramatically. Because if Just, you're in the middle of an investigation, uh, I, I've, I've always thought this, whether it's some kind of big national terrorist thing or or some I'm like, why do they want to give this information out to everybody? And then the, the people they're looking for are going to go, oh, okay, they're looking for me over here. So I guess I'll just go over here. <laughs> The, the market is so competitive when it comes to uh, um, um, giving the news out to uh, the community that you know, we'll be on our way to a call and we're being hit by the media. We're not even arriving at, at certain scenes and the media is getting it from uh, the radio and they're already they're trying to beat the next person to the punch as far as getting that information out. Right. So that's how, how competitive it is and, and how you know there's a, uh, just a – huge um demand for immediate news and something new yeah. and it's and Everybody's we can't even do our investigation it, yet yeah. we're getting grilled from the media and what are you doing what do you know so far i got to get something out right. uh to our our listeners or our viewers uh, so you know, it's pretty amazing don't mean to interrupt you i'm still i'm just thinking back to you said the crime has dropped especially over the past 20 to 30 years well it's interesting because our population has grown significantly in mm -hmm. 20 or 30 right. years so so really the effects of so we think there's a lot more crime um, based on all that. But the reality is with that many more people, I'm just doing the math in my head going, wow, that, that yeah. it looks it looks bad. Yeah. Um, you know, we were just having this conversation at home the other day about, you know, all well, these all these multiple casualty shootings and just saying, you know what, if, if they just never aired it, you know, because I, I, I just have this thing that everybody wants to copycat. In the first, and then we got the shooting here, and then the next one. Oh. You know, in uh, October, I went to Chicago for the first time. <clears throat> I was really looking forward to it. But it was uh, just before then they had this whole series of shootings uh, all throughout the Chicago area. I mean, they had a, like a lot, like in 48 hours, some ridiculous amount, 60 or 70 <laughs> shootings. So I'm like, nah, maybe I don't really want to go to Chicago anymore. <laughs> But as I talked to people, they said, it, the places you're going to go in Chicago, it isn't like that. Mm -hmm. it, and it's true. We went, I, the, the downtown city of Chicago, I never felt safer. It was clean. The people in the Midwest are so nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, and I love New York City, but boy, I'll tell you what. Listen. This is the hospitality in Chicago is great. We're going back. but But you see it on the news. And you're like, oof, staying away to, from that place. You've yeah. been to Europe. <clears throat> I was in Europe. I was in Paris. I was in Brussels. I, you know, um, London. And after all these things happened, and you're just maybe a little more, you're kind of looking around, maybe a little bit more when you're right. on the trains or, or something mm -hmm. like that. But they they want us to not feel safe. It, it, that's that's the tactic. So what are you going to do? I mean, it, you know, and they just it really is just amazing because I really do believe, and I mean, you tell me. This copycat thing, and if and if they weren't getting recognition, so when they're using these these cars as 
you know, in trucks is bombs. If we're not reporting it, it really doesn't serve their purpose. Right. Because that's, it's, that it's, 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 it's terror. It's, it's right? terror. Yeah. It's to terror. That's why, that's yeah. why it is. So, it, I mean, that drives me nuts. I would love to, well, I'll tell you something. I'm going to, I'm going to segue into something a little lighter. Yeah, let's get there. I'm a little sad right now. <laughs> I am terrorized hey, listen, by people that go too stuff, slow but... in the passing lane. <laughs> can someone get ticketed for that? Yeah, actually, you could. You can get oh. uh, ticketed for impeding traffic. Can I make a citizen's arrest? Because <laughs> Absolutely. <I'm> t- <laughs> Just start pulling cars over. Let us know. We'll come. Uh, we'll come to you and start writing oh, the tickets. Oh my! I mean, that I just like it. Just I can't get over it. It's. I don't have road rage, but that just I think you do, gets Mark. me. <laughs> I'm good. I don't tailgate anymore or any of that. I've learned my lesson. Oh, you know, when you're a kid, you do those things. Yeah. But um, that just I can tolerate everything but that. And I think that that is so. My family, we we're from Germany. Um, I've been to Germany a lot of times. I've been on the autobahn, and people just very much respect the rules of the road. And of course, on an autobahn where you have a lot of areas of the of the highway where there's no speed limit, um, you don't mess around. If you don't belong in the passing lane, if it, oh, then yeah. you aren't in it because you'll be lynched. <laughs> the Germans They'll... come over here and drive on the New York State Thruway, and they've lost their mind. <laughs> They're like, "What are you in this left lane for?" <laughs> That's how I am, you know. And but in in Europe, if you do find yourself going too slow in that lane, and someone wants to, then it. It always starts friendly. It's just a flash of the high beams. One flash of the high beams warns you, I do it here. I don't do mm-hmm. it to be mean. I just do it to be like, wake up, move over. And my wife gets mad at me. Don't do that. Yeah. Well, I'm not yeah. I'm not like yeah. slamming on my well, horn. No, but, or... but, but what will happen, inevitably, <clears throat> you'll do that and somebody up in front will be mad at me. Right? They'll be mad and they're going to they're gonna drop the, the, the taillight yeah, on right. you. Yep. Yep. So that, you know, right. And you're like, seriously? Yeah. So. Really? We all know the rules of the world. Well, we think we do. Yeah. Or do they think yeah. they do? So I'm not going to go vigilante or anything, but I... That's a pet peeve <laughs> of mine, too. It's just so bad. We can have a therapy session. <laughs> That's right. We can just get together. You guys need some intervention here on your <laughs> Every driving. Every time you're on the thruway or something, someone's going like... 50 or is there any way that I could ask you to give me like a little blue light I can stick on the top of my car every once in a while? Just afraid of what you'll uh, end up doing with that. Uh, <laughs> I can be see, very afraid. Yeah, <laughs> I can see you going through the village of Fairport yeah. at Warp 5 yeah. trying to get uh, you know past all these people that are slowing oh, you go, down. There apparently. goes Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to get back to what we talked about earlier because I, I, I do got the question about uh, the, the, the drinking and driving. And obviously – over the years, I was explaining it gives away my age when I, I could drink at 18. Um, and I'm pretty sure that the, the laws weren't quite as, as tough as they are now. What What's the legal limit? And I'm sure a lot of people still don't understand that it's not really the same for everybody because the body weight and absorption and all that. Yeah, the legal limit is 0.08. Uh, actually, you can still get uh, arrested for 0.0607, which is DWAI ability impaired but once you get to 0.08 or above then you get into the DWI which is the misdemeanor and then you can get into aggravated driving while intoxicated if you get up to 0.14 or higher uh, then you're talking about having excessive amount of alcohol in, in your system uh, on average what's like a drink is that it for, for like you go so average 175 pound guys drinking is that one drink an hour it's it's probably about one to two drinks depending on the person uh male female it's different obviously it uh, the absorption rate is is a little bit different but uh, as far as the body eliminating the alcohol it's about 
um, two drinks uh, an hour it'll take to eliminate uh, well, uh, that from your system. Well, I must be getting old because I can't even do <laughs> two, two drinks in an hour, and I'm like, oh, God. I wake so up the next morning and go, I'm not doing it. It really doesn't take much. People think, well, you know, if I have one drink or two drinks, I should be fine. But once you get to the two drinks within one hour, you're really getting close to the OA. And that, uh, you know, for f- folks that are smaller in stature, you're, you're probably at the old. Well, I'm limit. good to go then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loading so up for the holidays. Like, wait. <laughs> well, they'll pull me over and go, Jamie, how many you had to drink? Jay? And well, uh, I had 14, but you know, I am kind of large. So <laughs> I think I'm good. Well, let's see how that works out for you, Jay. Yeah, no, let's. Well, if I do that, I'm going to do it in Fairport. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, jeez. We're going to have to up the uh, yeah. DWI patrols yeah, then, huh? As long as it's not Mark pulling me <laughs> over his blue light. Uh, Mark will have the blue light on yeah. us. <laughs> and people think it'll be Kmart, the blue light special in the uh, Fruit of the Loom department. Um, remember that? Do you remember the blue light special? Uh, yeah, I do. Does they really move that? that they moved that, that cart with the blue light. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Listen, I kind of miss Kmart. Yeah. Listen, there was a place and a purpose for Kmart for stuff. I mean, like, it was a good quick store. decorations and stuff like yeah. that. If you want, they're to, like, used in Fairport in Parrington, where Tops is no longer. That used to be Kmart, and um, we used to go there after school, and they had the best egg salad sandwiches and Jello with whipped cream on it. That's what we'd have for after school. Wow. At a Kmart? Yeah, <laughs> really? they had a cafeteria in the Whoa, back. Okay. Yeah. This just shows how lame cafeteria? my childhood was. <laughs> Other kids were like smoking behind the school, and I was at Kmart eating egg salad sandwiches. And what did the employees say when you showed up in their break room? Yeah, um, <laughs> trying to use their microwave. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's my egg salad. Now we know what the blue light thing is all about for Mark, don't we? <laughs> Clear up some of those trespassing charges. There now. it is. Just, oh yeah, then. if you go back in time, you'll yeah, find them. They're we'll still find there. those. They just had. Um, uh, I saw an ad for it. Uh, an attorney saying that now you, as of a certain date, you can't get into Canada anymore if you have a DWI. That, I think that's always been around. If if they were able to pull that information up as you drive through uh-huh. on your on your record DMV data, wow. they, they won't let you in. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, that be that that'd be a huge uh, thing for me to never drink and drive. I love going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I've I'm got a friend. Ikea. I've got a friend that uh, had a couple and. Uh, yeah, yeah IKEA. I would never be able to go get my Swedish meatballs. Yeah. And... That's a great <laughs> story. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Everybody was like for another cafeteria. Yeah. It's they, all they, about food. Yeah, the IKEA people are like, "Who is this guy that keeps showing up?" <laughs> that, Why are we eat, running out of? Yeah, he doesn't buy anything. He just eats our food. <laughs> he just eats the and he has this crazy blue light <laughs> yeah, times in Canada. I do, He's not even I Canadian. Do, uh, <laughs> I do smuggle a couple bags of the frozen meatballs back once in a while. I got a little nervous when you said I smuggle a couple <laughs> bags. I was like, I'm I like him, but I'm pretty sure. We're talking about the guy that is uh, still dreaming about the egg salad sandwich and jello at Kmart. So. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm going to alert the board. <laughs> hey, listen, this guy's smuggling <clears throat> bags of meatballs. So are there, are there still a lot of, uh, a lot of arrests being made? Uh, for I mean, I would imagine in today's day and age, even though it like we talk about media having everything in front of you all the time and you're thinking that, wow, things just seem to be getting worse, but maybe they're not. You also think in this day and age, people got to be smart enough to not drink and drive. But uh, I think you're probably going to tell me that yeah. that's not the case. I think people are drinking less. I don't know. Everybody that I know, my kids, every I just do not see it like it used to be. I don't see the clubs like they used to be. Well, unless, but he'll tell me, uh, Jamie. But unfortunately, we're still seeing a steady, a steady year by year. We're around twenty-five to twenty-eight hundred arrests in Monroe County each year for driving while wow. intoxicated. 
what we're starting to see trend-wise is, is not only alcohol now, probably uh, anywhere from 20 to 30% of them are drug-related now. Oh. So the marijuana, uh, the cocaine, um, fentanyl. Uh, I thought cocaine just, was an 80s thing. It's still yeah, out there. Yeah, it's still <laughs> out there. It hasn't gone away. Craig, I think he wants to add something. I will. <laughs> like two weeks ago, a customer was here for me, and I just got done eating a powdered donut. And I had it all over my face. <laughs> I came out of my office, and I had all this white powder all over here. And Lisa, my wife, she works with me, and she's just kind of, oh, Mark is geez. Mark is going to win in handcuffs today. <laughs> I don't think he's going to have a choice. Between the keep, driving record and the drug <laughs> record here? I sure. There's this thing about implicating yourself. <laughs> I, I mean, we're here, we're having a friendly a conversation. jelly donut. <laughs> I think he's still got a job to do, Mark, so shut up over there. Is it uh, too late to get an attorney here? <laughs> yeah, you might want to get one. add one present. <laughs> with you at all times um it, as far as uh are there any like public service campaigns that either the fairport police department or monroe county sheriff's department are you know working on or or have in place right now um that we should know about yeah there's a uh, part of uh, county government stop dwi it's statewide and each county has their own stop dwi coordinator and so Peggy Duffy is the coordinator here in Monroe County, and she is just uh, a bulldog when it comes to getting out and getting not only information out to the public about uh, not uh, drinking and driving, but also you know um, ensuring the police departments are out there actively looking for those drinking and driving. But the, the big campaign is have a plan to get home safely. Uh, so that's what we're promoting. And really, if people want to go out and they want to enjoy themselves at parties, you know, we recommend, you know, have a drink uh, an hour and maybe between drinks, have, a, have some water uh, just to keep yourself um, from getting uh, too right. intoxicated right. Uh, mm-hmm. to drive or have a designated driver. There really is, there's no excuse not to have a plan to get home safely right. without drinking and driving in today's day and age. Bring a bag of Swedish meatballs with you to the party. And yeah. yeah, hey, listen. I'm, I, One I, meatball per drink, it'll keep a nice <laughs> balance of food. and Averages out. Yeah, listen, Except I just don't drink anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't drink anymore when I'm out because I, I can't tell you how many times I'll be driving and there'll be the, you know, there's the checkpoint. Now I'm very excited when they say, "Do you have anything to drink?" I said, no, sir. Well, <laughs> and I'm very happy because because even before if I went and I only had one drink, I'd be like, "Do I say yes?" Because oh, he's gonna make me get out if I do that, and I've only had one. But oh, what do I do? So now I just completely eliminate that stress and just I, don't drink. And I just don't really. I just don't really. I mean, I'm I'm okay with having a beer once in a while, especially like on a Sunday for lunch or something. But I don't really like drinking out socially because even if you just get a little you know you get a little bit lightheaded or whatever you're talking to a lot of people and you, you just i always want to be on my game and i always feel like if i'm doing that um so if i'm at home and i'm grilling a, a burger or something and i have a beer or two it's fine the worst thing i do is fall asleep during the football games you know? so so <laughs> age way age wise Younger, the majority still, the, the majority of uh, DWIs, 20 to 30-year-olds? or You know, it's, it's funny. We did some research on our DWIs for the last couple of years, and we're seeing more of a 25 to 30 range is hmm. the, the mean. Uh, certainly, we get those inexperienced drivers, the younger drivers that are out uh, hitting the bars, but it's more of the older drivers and folks that uh, maybe are functioning alcoholics because – 
we're seeing the average uh, um, uh, finding uh, when they do the test of about a one point, about, I'm sorry, 0.14. So it's almost double the legal wow. limit is the folks that we're stopping in Fairport anyways. So that's, uh, you would think that it's, it's a young, young person's problem, but it's really more of an experienced driver, experienced drinker uh, that is out there comfortable with their, uh, you know, the amount of uh, alcohol they're drinking yeah, and driving. They're doing it all the time, yes. and so they're not really that worried about it. Exactly. Any talk of bringing that <clears throat> that, that down again? <clears throat> Nationwide there is. Yeah, it's 05. There's a push right now. Uh, so if the, the federal government uh, starts to push that on the states, which, you know, highway money is the big uh, mechanism to do that, I think you'll see over the next few years 05 being the legal limit. If you're going to go to 05, why wouldn't you just say it all? Zero. <clears throat> Zero tolerance policy. And that's a good question. And, uh, you know, there's there's some, if if you have some cough syrup, some of, some of these medications, yeah. they may have uh, some alcohol in it. So there might be an 01, 02 variance in there. So I think that's the benefit of the doubt. But once you get to 05, that's one drink, and chances are you're going to be over after just drinking one or two drinks. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think at this point, like, if, if it's going to be that low, yeah, might as well. Well, you might as well because because yeah. then it's really other than those exceptions where you get cough syrup and, and stuff like that, or or the person that has the problem that actually creates alcohol in his own system, yeah. which I saw on TV. Guy was getting drunk on his own. His wife kicked him out. She thought he was an alcoholic. It wasn't oh. digestive problem, and he ate so many uh, potatoes. Literally, he was actually making himself drunk off of wow. potatoes. Off of potatoes and a bad stomach. Huh. No, that could be self. me. I love potatoes Interesting. and meatballs. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not the case with French fries. Yeah. I'd be in trouble too. Yeah, yeah no, no, no French fries. Completely yeah. different. French fries are right. like my kryptonite. Yeah. I just, but yeah, I just look at that and say, it, it, if that's where we want to get to, because when you look at these numbers, they're still, even crime is going down. But you look at, uh, what was it? Two out of three people on average in the U.S. will be involved in a drunk driving accident in their life. That's nuts. Really? It seems like a lot. It seems yeah. like yeah. So let's just say, okay, guess what? Can't can't drink and drive at all, boys and girls. Let's <laughs> well, what's the? How many of the people that get DWIs get another DWI? Because it seems like people that I have that I've known that have had DWIs are on their second or third DWI, and that's that's where I go. if you didn't learn your lesson the first yeah. time, like. I learned my lesson, and I've never even had one. And I know that I know the consequences of of getting one. Uh, why are these people? They, they it seems is that the case? You see, a lot of people are addiction. multiple offenders. It's got to be addiction yeah, it, that, that drives that. It's, that a, it's addiction, <clears throat> alcoholics, functioning alcoholics, and those are folks that uh, through addiction they can't help themselves. And uh, these are the folks we need to target in law enforcement, uh, and that's why we have these devices now that you have to put on the cars for those that are convicted of DWI, so they have to blow into the end device to ensure that the car will start and they don't have alcohol in their system. Uh, but those are the concerning ones to us, the ones that, that know they shouldn't be doing it, but they're out there drinking and driving anyways, uh, so they're just basically snubbing their nose at the law, and uh, they, those are the folks that are really going to hurt people out there. So that's, that's our focus and our target to find these folks. Uh, I don't think it's a high percentage. I, I, I think that maybe, in my estimation, maybe 20%, 30% of those that we arrest. Is there like a three three strikes and you're out kind of thing with stuff like this? or uh, Unfortunately not. Yeah. Uh, I've seen some arrests with uh, nine or ten DWI uh, arrests. Wow. And they're still out there uh, doing that. So those are certainly people that have an addiction problem. Good, they've got yeah. a problem. Good lawyers. 
Yeah, yeah, but you know, that's a lot of money. And I, yeah, <laughs> Can you still keep your license with something like 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 nine or ten or? Well, they, these really folks, these <laughs> folks don't. If they don't care about drinking or driving, <laughs> they, don't, they, don't they don't care about, about their license yeah. status. That's very true. And so it, it aggravates the uh, the situation more. It, the penalties go up, the yeah. charges go up if you're driving without a license because of DWI, yeah. and you're driving while intoxicated. You know, escalates it to a felony. So these folks, we uh, need to find and actually put them in jail. Have you ever to watched live PD? I have. Yeah. Well, yeah. what what happened? Listen, these aren't the smartest people. No, that's because true. they they drive around with no plates on <laughs> or a plate that doesn't true. even match the car. They <laughs> swerve or they don't have. You know, this is the other one. Criminals. I'm going to tell you something. Check your back lights, okay? And you're driving at nighttime. <laughs> Just make sure they work. <laughs> yeah. If you got one out, because you know they'll stop them all the time and they'll go, oh, "I stopped you for this. Ooh, I smell the odor of marijuana." And then they pull out 800 pounds we're not of marijuana. Say, we're not going to say come to Universal Imports to get your getaway car checked out before. <laughs> There you go. We'll make sure everything's working properly make, make so you sure, can get yeah, out there and do, do that. It. We do a 30-point inspection 30 on point the car. Check. No, listen. I was watching it the other night, and I'm like, it was like four of them in a row. They pulled them over for, like, taillights. I'm like, and then it just guys, <laughs> get your taillight fixed. It's really not that hard. But these yeah. people are not smart, so they're going to do whatever they want to do, right? A- absolutely. One of the most common uh, probable cause tickets, we call them to stop folks, is they don't put their lights on at night. So they're driving oh, without yeah. headlights. That's one of the, the, the biggest... Uh, offenders uh, to the the stop for ultimately for DWIs. People oh, just don't put their uh-huh. lights on, so it's wow. see that's even that's even easier to fix than getting your tail light. Like you can actually <laughs> take care of that inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Ooh, you had an automatic mode to begin with, and you yeah. didn't use it. <laughs> yeah, it's I I don't I don't even know what to say because it is absolutely well, amazing to me that. Um, well, the numbers it's, a, are what it's they really are. cool having you here because you have a long, rich history in law enforcement. So I'm not, uh, I don't know, maybe you could just take us through a little bit about kind of the different things you've done in law enforcement over your career. Because sure, I'm it, sure we could find some. I'd like to ask some FBI questions. Like, uh, f- uh, I want to ask some X file questions. <laughs> <but> honestly, <laughs> and that's well, what, what I got hired in the heyday. That was that was the show to watch. Oh, absolutely. That, <laughs> most of the folks in my FBI uh, Academy class were brought into the FBI because of that. They all wanted to be uh, uh, profilers, mm-hmm. and from that show, that was seemed to be that and Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. So I'd say half of my class they wanted to be part of the behavioral sciences unit which is there's only like five people in the FBI that belong to that unit. So almost everybody in the class wanted to do that. But it's it's an interesting science, and it's something that the FBI is, is very uh, much in tune with right now on a number of uh, fronts when it comes to criminal investigations. But um, most of my career started at the sheriff's office. Uh, I had a, had a great career there. It um, started as a deputy, and I rose through the ranks. Uh, ultimately uh, left there as a police commander was actually sought after by the city of Rochester Police Department to, under uh, David Moore, who was the chief at the time. He was looking to realign the department there and brought me over as a, a special operations commander, uh, which was a great job. I was in charge of all the uh, proactive units, the tactical unit, uh, SWAT, uh, hostage, uh, mounted, uh, motorcycles, student resource officers, all those functions within the police department I was in charge of, which was a, a very, a very good job, very challenging job, but I really enjoyed it. And not all hostage nego- negotiation is like what we see in the movies, uh, yeah. like uh, uh, talking a guy out of a bank full of people or off a ledge or something like that. Right? No, the true, <laughs> true hostage situations we don't typically get. They're really in the minority. Yeah. Uh, majority of the stuff are folks that are in emotional distress, yeah. uh, suicidal, 
uh, self yeah. barricades, that type of thing, bridge jumpers. Right. So a lot of those type of. They're events. not requesting a helicopter and two million dollars and. It's it's a funny and pepperoni pizza. And, and listen again, criminals. Have you ever watched TV? You, you don't ever get away. <laughs> okay. I think in real life you don't ever. You don't get ever away. get away either. either. Yeah, no, they don't. A, That's pride the whole point. On like, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like we say, oh, I think I'm going to like you know, kidnap some people, and then I'm going to get a whole bunch of money, and they're going to let yeah. me go. It, uh, no, they're not. Yeah. When I think <laughs> about it, it seems fixed. like there's very little that anybody can actually get away with these mm-hmm. days because there's just so much technology and information available to law enforcement to be able to you know and, and, and yes, I, absolutely out. and i gotta tell you that the thing that i am that i think is the coolest new technology that is helping solve so many crimes is these ancestry dnas so everybody at least one person in your family's probably done it mm-hmm. then you become a, a, a you know then you're a suspect and then they go and they look to see, anybody in that family got that ancestry dna so they do that they go oh that's a 90 percent match they're they're catching people, unbelievable on an unbelievable scale because of those the, those DNA tests um, that you know ten years ago you didn't even have. So just my, amazed by my it. My father uh, didn't didn't like the ancestry. I don't know. It was one of one of the um, companies that does does that where you can pay thirty dollars or whatever and you can get your ancestry. Mm-hmm. Well, the one commercial was this guy and he starts out by going. I thought I was 100% German, and he's wearing his lederhosen, and he goes, but then I found out that I'm like uh, 80% Irish or something like that, Scottish. and my dad got he was so Scottish. mad that yeah. the guy wasn't German because my, was, <laughs> my dad was a very German lederhosen, uh, just like me, yeah. <laughs> lederhosen-wearing guy. We had one of our guys from work go through that exercise. <laughs> he was a proud Irish guy. Everything uh, that came up that was involving uh, Irish, including St. Patrick's Day, was a big deal. He named his children and with Irish names and everything else. And then he did the uh, 23 DNA. He's English. <laughs> There's not oh one God. bit of Irish. And he was like, he was like for like a wrong. month, he was he was just perplexed <laughs> by that. Devastated. So did you have to do any hostage any negotiating with, with him? We had to talk him off the roof. <laughs> yes. Now he just gets together his family, eats Yorkshire pudding. <laughs> <laughs> There's no more drinking games. They'd have tea and listen. I, I think he's better say, off pretending to be I was in London this Irish. last summer. I thought London was a great city, uh, but I wasn't that crazy about the food. The the, the English food was bland. I thought, but the but London was. One of the best cities I'd ever been to. Wow. was just in London two years ago. Absolutely loved it. And um, Did you but, love the food? Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on, on where you go. You yeah. know, if you want to go and get – like I was going to a lot of pubs and getting original fish and chips. And, the fish and chips were good. And stuff but like the that. Yorkshire or some of the, like, was, the, you know, some of the Asian market restaurants and stuff like that. There's some yeah. pretty spectacular places to yeah. – but to, to me, the best food still is Ireland. Ireland? Uh, Ireland mm-hmm. has – because each, each community is kind of their own thing. And you'll have stuff like I remember going there and would you like some egg and mayonnaise? And I was like, God, that sounds horrible. You know, like why would I do that? Um, no, you should try it. And it was. It's hard boiled eggs with mayonnaise, except their mayonnaise isn't Hellman's. Does it it's come very with light, a, very a light. jello with whipped cream for dessert? No, and no blue light mark. <laughs> no. There's no Kmart there. Either, yeah, right? there's no Kmart there. Well, the reason, well, just so you all know, the reason Mark didn't really like the food in London because he kept going to all the, you know, all K-Mart. the stores. <laughs> All the stores and any of the restaurants, you know, any any place that had a cafeteria with workers at the hospitals, he was in there eating. <laughs> was and they're like, the, who the hell are the you? Cafeteria. Yeah. Well, why well, does this American keep asking for Jello? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what, what is with this fascination? When my daughter was in grade school, I always wanted to go to 
to school and have lunch with her because when I went to school in Fairport, the thing I loved the most was their turkey, gravy, and biscuits. So whenever they had turkey and gravy and biscuits, my, my daughter would say, oh, hey, Dad, they're having turkey, gravy, and biscuits today, so I'd go have lunch with her. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even do that now. I know. It's turkey, gone it's now, like, I know. It's like you think it's food, but it's really not. It's, it's some yeah, protein right. packed yeah. powder that looks like food. I don't even yeah, know. So. But, oh, it's healthy for your kids. <laughs> so out of all of the um, different um, departments that you've worked in and, and all the different careers you've had within law enforcement – I'm sure there were some very, very big differences between, say, working in the Rochester City Police Department versus, say, being a chief of a of a town, uh, being an FBI agent. Uh, and there must have been, and probably challenges in all in all those different things, but probably very different, right? You saw a lot of different things in the city, I would imagine, than you see out, say, in a, a suburban community. Absolutely, there's there's much, there's a there's a big difference between the uh, the urban suburban environment when you're talking about policing, but I think the most common theme I think is important to tell everybody is that no matter where I've worked, the passion of the folks that work in law enforcement is incredible. Uh, everyone is out there wanting to do the, the right thing, wanting to do the best to keep society safe. So I've always been uh, an admirer of of the folks that that get into law enforcement. It's more of a calling. Than anything else, obviously there are some that don't deserve to be in law enforcement, but like that's like any anything career, else. Anything, uh, yep. But it's up to us in in management to identify who those right. folks are and to you know ensure that those those folks are are, are let loose uh, and, and removed from uh, law enforcement. But it's just incredible the energy, the 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 compassion, the um, the commitment that that's out there in the law enforcement field, and it just it's just. I just want people to know out there that there that does exist no matter where you are anywhere in the country. Is it a field that has a lot of openings or are there a lot of people trying to get into it and it's harder to get into now? Now, when I first started, uh, I remember uh, applying for the sheriff's office and I was one of 2000 applicants uh, for 10 jobs. Uh, Now, today, we have a tough time getting 400 applicants for a plethora of jobs and i think the the turn now is because of negativity with the media right mm-hmm. uh, you can't do anything right like exactly uh, second guess on everything we <clears throat> right. do which uh, by the way makes it really difficult to to to, to be in policing i i, I, to, I think to do because, anything because it, to do anything in if life you, if you're second guessed on everything listen, you do if you have to think that extra second oh is somebody videotaping this am i gonna get yeah uh, that's different between life and death to me so it that must that must change the whole dynamics of how the officers are trained. Absolutely, uh, it does. It's because incredible. they have that extra step now of going. You have to follow all these extra steps, whereas before it was a matter of just apprehending the person or at least securing them so that they can't harm anybody. Now you have to. There's other things that you have to consider. Listen, you know this is one of this is one of Jay's hot topics. I'm just I'm just letting you know this is one of the things where I sit around and get mad every time I watch the television. Listen, it, it, you know hindsight is is twenty twenty and having the ability to to look back at something and go, oh geez, we should have done that. Listen, if somebody is literally pulling out a, in, you know, you're telling them get on the ground, get on the ground. They're not obeying commands, and their hand comes up. I'm telling you what I'm doing if I'm there. And oh, yeah, it, it's it's a cell phone. Well, guess what? Then you probably shouldn't have done that. It. I think it all just comes back to again that media is everywhere, and so 
everybody, whether it's whether it's the criminal or the law enforcement officer, everybody's uh, like they're they're guilty until proven innocent instead of the other way around. Mm-hmm. So everybody just kind of comes up with their own take on it. And that's what and it's going it. to be. And yeah. they run with it. And, you know, and I I think, like you said, there's uh, there's a lot of real passionate people, uh, way more so than there are bad apples. But there's just like in anything else, there's bad apples. So that's just the way it is. But uh, as long as they're always working towards trying to find the ways to make sure that that's, you know, that's handled. And, and, and I think that they are, except they're, all the new policies that they have in place when they train and that kind of thing. Absolutely, and there's there's more of an effort now uh, to teach folks uh, that come into this this profession on effective communication and being a little bit more um, interactive uh, than ever before. Having more of a guardian mindset than a than a warrior mindset. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that, and and I think we're doing a good job of moving in that direction. Uh, just just people uh, just inherently want to be defiant. And sometimes, you know, challenge us, challenge authority. And, you know, to some respect, it is endorsed in certain political perspective. And we just ask that you just comply with police when they're asked to do something. And then if there's an issue, once after the compliance is done, bring it to our attention and we'll address it. Uh, But the time to be antagonistic or confrontational is not the time when you're first dealing with, with the officer. Because, of, like you talked about, the, the nature of the job just has so many complexities right. and so, so many variables. Uh, we just need to give us an opportunity to try to work through it. We're trained uh, very, very well to deal with almost anything that comes our way uh, in a crisis situation. But you just have to give us some latitude to do our job. It, and then it, once it, things it are done, we can— It is a hard job. It is yeah. a hard, hard job. job. And, yep. and, and i got to tell you, I appreciate your service. I really do. Yeah. Well, thank you. Because Likewise, it's amazing. So. Um, I just saw on this, the news this afternoon, some, I think it was down south, you know, just a routine traffic stop. Guy oh, you, gets out and starts I, unloading I his 9 mil into the... Right, like, yeah. That's absolutely the hardest part of your job is that you don't know when something that seems very... Here, we could go, okay, a car comes in, yeah, it's just an oil change, and it turns into, you know... Uh, Car needs brakes and needs an exhaust. It's a, it's a, it's monetary. It's just, I don't want to, you know, for all my, it's just money. Yeah, well, it puts but that in perspective. A routine traffic stop is like, oh, this guy's tail lights out. Listen, <laughs> and next thing you know, it's a, a huge deal, and someone's life is at, you know, on yeah. the line. I, I, I just wish that people in news and and all that would would understand truly how difficult. Uh, th- that job is to be and, careful and, what they say <coughs> because words do mean a lot, and right. uh, that's about as political as I'm going to get. Yeah, well, and and again, I'll just say that with the media too. I mean, I think that there's good, good people in the media that know how to report stuff right, and then there's also reckless uh, media reporting that happens a lot. So, I think with all of this, right, it's it's there's always both. Oh, it's, it yeah. is always both. Um. So, uh, Chief, what we usually do about this point in the podcast is Aaron gives us some news, uh, and uh, we she sort of reads through a couple news stories, and then we chime in uh, yeah. about it if there's anything interesting. If she's points. come up with anything interesting to chime in on. Hopefully she I have. Always does. No pressure there. <laughs> no, she always has it. In my, in, in my response to all of them is, 
Really? Yeah. Really? We've gone too far. We've gone too far. That's Jay's take. Yeah, that's, that's, that's Jay's gone take. Too far. No, I'm not doing it as Sean Connery still. Well, I, I haven't done it in eight, eight episodes. I, I haven't done the Sean Connery I know. Yet. I'm, we're just waiting for you to do that. I tried to find a, a safety one here, which I found this, this article here. So using sensors embedded in smartphones, a leading traffic analytics company has compiled a detailed portrait of driver behaviors on roads surrounding 125,000 schools across the country. According to Newsweek, Zen Drive's school, school safety study measures the behavior of more than 9 million drivers, tracking their phones while driving, speeding, and rapid acceleration within a quarter miles of schools. The majority of schools measured earned a C grade or worse, according to the company. Over the last year, 30% of schools saw driver behaviors deteriorate to dangerous levels. Zendrive announced a grant program last week called Fund My Streets, which will award $50,000 to an organization that uses data from the safety study to design a plan to improve traffic safety. The winning school will receive support from Zendrive, and the company hopes the grant will spur improvements of hazardous situations. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I was actually going to, one of the things I wanted to bring up is this whole new school bus thing because uh, people not respecting the stop signs on the school buses and going by them and now there's this new trend where the school buses are parking diagonally across both lanes and putting out the stop so that no one can go um yeah that know. scares me though because <laughs> listen if I ain't saw, stopping, I yeah i go oh i, yeah, I don't know I, that's i haven't seen that done here <clears throat> yeah uh, it, it's funny you mention that because i just recently sent out a couple letters today as a matter of fact to uh, folks that were identified through video of going through uh, a bus stop oh and uh this it takes away the anonymity uh when people do that thinking they're never going to get caught right because the police aren't around mm -hmm. and i said oh, the warning cameras letter. on the buses they have cameras on the buses oh, now cool. uh they can capture that uh, cameras inside the buses gps on the buses now so it's it's the buses are high tech but yeah. it's also to protect the kids on on, on the bus right. and so we can have a better idea where the buses are i mean are. that's huge i mean everybody i think everybody knows that you, that's you know, we gotta yeah but i'm yeah. telling you again our kids. get distracted you're not paying attention right. you're not mm -hmm. it, right. like he says yep. you know that five seconds could be three football fields well yep. that's right you're not you're not going to see that that's bus it. down that's there right. so yep. yeah or people are so in a hurry that it's just uh, another thing even yeah. though it's not necessarily related to that story but you know one of the things that the fairport high school does uh and probably a lot of other high schools around the country do this and my son thought it was was really it was very moving it, it it shook him to his core and that is every year they get a smashed up car they have kids from the school come out to be actors in this they actually and this sounds a little gruesome but they'll like cover them in like fake blood and stuff and they'll have them laying in the car and they will even have Mercy Flight come with a helicopter, land there. They'll have the fire department, the ambulance, the police all come. And the whole school watches this thing unfold. And it's just to to just burn that image into your head of what it looks like when you are distracted, when you're driving. And, my, and that can my happen. husband does it. He comes with the hearse and everything. Oh. And 
puts them in the back and we should mention that Aaron's husband is a funeral director just (laughs) you need to put that in context yeah yeah. Yeah, my husband comes with a hearse and uh just happens to be the family car right (laughs) did you buy that here (laughs) (laughs) yeah I made the mistake calling him a mortician she goes no No. it must be and I go well I got a mortician or funeral director (laughs) yeah there you go I think we know the answer to that yeah so that that really is uh those visuals are They'll scare you. That, oh, yeah. that is one of the most powerful things that we do, the simulations for the high yep. school at Fairport, and it's for the seniors. Yep. And when we do it, it it's funny. You know, the seniors at that age are very, you know, tough to corral, number right. one, and keep quiet. You can hear a pin drop for 45 minutes. Oh, That's yeah. Right. It is yeah. It is that powerful. And yep. it's not because we tell them to. It's just because of the visual it is so, so um, dominating. To them and it's, I think it's that very is good stuff. such a great idea to do. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you might at first go, "Wow, that's, that seems a little morbid," but I mean, you need th- yeah. kids need that, right? Because we've talked about it on previous podcasts. There is almost nothing shocking anymore because because of everything that you can get on the computer, everything you see in the news. Nothing shocks us anymore because everything is just there. So you need Yeah, you're something. desensitized you're to desensitized, it. You're desensitized, right. So what else you got? Okay, so I, <clears throat> I found another interesting article. So Volkswagen announced that its smartphone app now supports Siri commands for Apple users. So Apple us- users can now unlock and lock their Volkswagen with a Siri voice command. The CarNet app will allow several shortcuts for Siri as well. Owners can stop and start charging their car, work the defroster and climate control, and ask Siri where an owner placed his or her, uh, sorry, an owner parked his or her car. The CarNet p- platform also comes with safety and security features such as stolen vehicle location, automatic crash notifications, and more. These updates work for Apple users with devices running on iOS 12, and the Apple is now, sorry, the app is now now available. Huh. So. Hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Edit that, please, Mark. <laughs> Done. Uh, so what am I going to say about this, Mark? Uh, we've gone too, too far. far. Yeah. I think on the safety things. <laughs> listen, these are the same people that are reading the newspaper while they're driving, okay? Look, I, listen, Siri doesn't listen to me. This. Is it Siri or Suri? I think it's, I say Siri. Siri is Tom Cruise's yeah. daughter, right? Yeah. Siri. Siri. Does anybody have the Alexa in, in their house? <coughs> yeah, it doesn't yeah. listen okay, to me so, either. So I'm watching, yeah. Or or does I'm watching TV the other day. I don't say a word. Yeah. Well, uh, no. Alexa. I'm going to tell you about you know Stuttgart, Germany. And I'm like, well, oh good. I'm glad you are. Thank you very much. The weather in so, Istanbul yeah, is right. So so now we're gonna we're gonna let some in our car yeah, do uh, that. No, we've yeah. gone too far. Well, I'll agree with you on that one. Listen, it, it, yeah, no. It, it, I, I'm still on this thing about self-driving cars too. You by can't even way, get my Alexa right. By so. the way, uh, do the police use? Um, they can look into cell phones, right, if there's an accident, to see if someone was using their cell phone during an accident. Absolutely. We'll take the cell phone in specifically look for that. See yep. if they were texting, see if they were on the phone, if they were talking. Because that right away changes the yes. dynamics as to yeah. fault and all of that. Exactly. Kind of it's stuff. a contributing factor yep. to the accident that we need to identify. So that, that's very common for us to do that. You know, yeah. I, I think that talking about this, too, I, I think this is one of the things that in my many years that I've realized that we've got parenting how important parenting is in all of this type of stuff because when you create an environment for your family and your yep. kids where where you know we really don't talk on the phone right you know it goes in the couple or we don't even answer right mm-hmm. right my, my, you're my, an example my, my, my kids don't do it at all yeah <laughs> it's yeah. not 
and it's not because their friends aren't. It's because we just never did that, and we're yeah. always like, mm. yeah. You always have to keep in mind that you are still the ultimate example for your kids. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think that or think, for others. Yeah, it, it, it's I mean, society if you're is, going out with people, and you say, "I'm not going to drink because I'm the one that drove here," you're hoping that maybe they feel that way when they go out with other people. Mm-hmm. Hey, look at there's someone that you know you can go out. I'm and sure have my fun friends from high drink. school and college would go. You're, what? You role modeled who? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Oh, it happens. You just get older. That's yeah. all. You get a little well, wiser, hopefully. Um, I think we're uh, about at the end of the podcast, and uh, I have to say it was really a pleasure to have you here, Chief. Well, thanks, Mark, for having yeah. me. It was, it was a pleasure being here as well. Chief uh, Sam Farina from the Fairport Police Department, Thank fellow you. Fairport Thank Rotarian, you. and uh, all-around great guy, and he uh, hopefully has given you all some insight And he's definitely given us some insight as to, you know, the kind of world of of what you're going to look forward to. If you decide to go out and drink and drive, you could wind up, you know, your whole life can get turned upside down with just one stupid move. So just don't do it. Uh, Get a designated driver. uh, Call call your establishment. See if they have Ubers. uh, Set up an Uber ahead of time. It's super easy. You can just put the app right on your phone. And it'll be right next to the Apple Podcast app where you can find... <laughs> what can you find there, guys? Grease and, and glamour. glamour. There you go. Um, anyway, this is Mark Fierbacher, Aaron Kane, and Jay Lawrence with Chief Farina. And we are um, finishing up episode eight of Grease and Glamour Podcast. This, I don't know what we're going to call it yet. We're gonna. I think we're going to call it... The Blue Light Special. No, no. <laughs> I think that's no, what we should I call it. I think I got it, Aaron. I think so, I think we're going to do... Okay. We're gonna, it's going to be called... DWI, try more like DW don't. I like the blue lights. Better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see. We'll take a vote afterwards. Anyway, until next time, I hope that everybody has a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, we'll be back with more podcasts to get you through your holiday season with Christmas and New Year coming up. Um, if you're going out of town, drive safe. If someone's coming into town, don't text them while they're driving there and make sure to be responsible. Drink responsibly. Drive responsibly and have a great time. Until next time, I'm Mark Fierbacher, brought to you by Universal Imports of Rochester. You can visit us at universalimports.com. See you then. Take care, guys. Bye now. Thanks.